You was a beast in Orlando. I was a beast in Houston. I was a beast in Charlotte. Nah, you kind of went down. You were lying. You, 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 you were lying. You were lying. You were lying. You not going to even say that. I'm not going to even let that come out your mouth. You got some lean right. 30 down, and 32 huh? in Charlotte. Just like barbershop talk, man. Really Niggas get in the barbershop and yell and go back and forth. Good day and good night. Welcome to the High and Low Basketball Podcast. This is episode number 100 and Dwight, a.k.a. episode number 139. 39 was the number worn by NBA legend and Taiwan, Taiwanese, or I should say Taiwan basketball superstar Dwight Howard, who wore the number 39 when he played for the Lakers and the Sixers in the latter part of his career. It's a... It's unclear if we'll ever see Dwight Howard in an NBA jersey again, but seems clear. <laughs> seems clear that we will. You know, maybe I, I, the Lakers could probably use him. You never know. Exactly, exactly. But you know what? It seems like he's he's enjoying his time in uh, in Taiwan. I mean, he's he's averaging twenty four and thirteen for like at this point in his, in his career, uh, which I don't mm-hmm. think he's done in. In like ten years, oh, maybe more. As of this recording, it's twenty-four and thirteen. This <laughs> team is on a six-game losing streak. That's a, that is a fact. He is his Taoyuan Leopards. Simbular is cooking yeah. them out there. <laughs> I I couldn't stop laughing at that clip. So good. Anyway, my name is Ike Michi, and I'm joined by Mitch Orsadi, aka Sir Mitch of House Orsadi. And around here, we live by a principle governed by the high and low lives of the world, which means we talk about basketball, especially and specifically the NBA. We talk about it at any time, anywhere, north, south, east, west, high and low. This week on the show, we are introducing our Pantheon. See, we get it. We, we talk about certain teams and players a lot, and uh, we want to give space to the others, the neglected, the shunned, the unsung to avoid getting repetitive and predictable, we're, we're starting our pantheon, which, which, uh, which means we'll, we'll induct certain names into the canon, and there they will remain, never to be spoken of again. There you go. Actually, uh, you can't say that. You can't say never. Because... Uh, unless, you know, certain unlesses. Exactly. Sometimes you just can't avoid talking about these, uh, these teams and these players, right? The league yeah. just has a mind of its own. It, it ebbs and flows so to speak. You have to uh, put in the, anyway. I thought I was out and they pulled me back in clip. You got to clip that <laughs> in right there. This one, I think I'm not, fucking, <laughs> I'm surprised at all the, the creativity that comes out of the fucking names. That- oh, <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> exactly. There you go. We'll also, we'll also touch on the league's panic button teams. Who needs to jump into the panic room? Uh, shout out to David Fincher. Love that movie. Before we lock in, Let's check in. So, Mitch, mm-hmm. it's the two of us today. Uh, that means uh, you you can you can drop some takes with no <laughs> no impediment. How, how are you feeling about this? I'm, I feel good. I always feel good about it, but I always feel a little bit guilty too. Um, I don't like uh, you know beating a faceless punching bag, you know. So I hmm. I go easy. I go easy on these ones because I like to spar. I like to have an opponent to go up against. 
I say don't go easy. Yeah, these guys want to cook against me when I'm not there. That's cool. Let them let them play. You know, let them play. <laughs> Taking the high road. I like it. They take the low, you take the high. High and That's low. Right. High That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh Mitch, I appreciate the time this week. Uh thank you for joining me. Listeners, thank you for joining us for yet another installment of the program. Another week, another episode, more NBA. So of course, more high and low this week in NBA history. Kemba killed it. On January 18th, 2016, Kemba Walker scored 52 points as his Charlotte Hornets defeated the Utah Jazz 124 to 119. Uh, This was peak cardiac Kemba. Uh, The Kemba Walker that led uh, the Yukon Huskies to a national title. The same shifty Kemba that would put defenders on skates on a nightly basis. The same Kemba that led the Charlotte Hornets to perennial mediocrity (laughs) in uh, the most stylish and impactful of ways. I mean, it it was very entertaining to watch him do this on a a regular basis, and yet the team just didn't really move forward. I mean, Kemba averaged 21 points per game in that particular season while leading the Hornets to 48 wins and a first-round exit. Uh, and he would go on to increase his production every year until 2019. Uh, but the Hornets seemed to get worse every year until he fled to Boston to uh, fill Kyrie's shoes and uh, completely derailed his career at that point. I mean, look it up. I ain't lying. Man, uh, Kemba walked so Dame could also walk, I think. There you go. I think they're the same, I think they're <laughs> the same player. As you were talking about that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's just Dame. It's the exact same. Yeah. I mean, I think Dame has been able to sustain his uh, mediocrity for a long period of time. Like kudos, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) It's like, good good job. Good job. Great effort. Yeah. Yeah, Right now, he's looking for a roster spot, you know, at at least at the time of this recording. Uh, I know he had a cup of coffee in Dallas, uh, nine games. Mm. To be exact, I think he averaged like eight a game, eight points mm-hmm. a game, 16 minutes a game for the Mavs. Ah, this is sad, man. Uh, but they waived him. And um, I think they cited concerns about his knee, which has, uh, it's never really fully recovered since uh, that meniscus tear back in 2016. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, Cardiac Kemba's mm-hmm. got to be one of the greatest nicknames of all time. 100%. That's right, that's right up there. Kemba? Ooh, God, Oof. that sounds very nice. Hey, fun fact about Kemba Walker. Uh, Kemba, Cardiac Kemba, he danced at the Apollo Theater. Uh, actually, in fact, he, he's performed on the show, the TV show, Showtime at the Apollo, three times. Uh, apparently, Kemba Walker is a very good dancer uh that explains his footwork and lateral movement Uh, plus i need video evidence of this and the issues yeah he probably he probably put a lot of wear and tear on his knees long before he made it to the nba kemba walker 52 points anyway that's a little something for the nba history nerds things are certainly happening in the nba today so let's talk about it let's talk about something important we're past the official halfway point of the season. Uh, Teams are who they are by this point, unless they make a drastic change. Uh, So based on your observations, Mitch, what team would you consider to be 
in serious trouble and just they should be reaching for the panic button. You know, a team that needs to really pivot or make some serious changes. Yeah, this one really seems like it's softballed right up for me to talk about the Raptors, but I'm not going to. I'm going to pivot to a team that I don't talk a ton about in the spirit of this episode. And uh, uh, that's the Dallas Mavericks for me. Um, back back on the music episode, I waxed about Luca being uh, you know alone at the microphone. And since that episode, nothing has changed except for the report that they... <laughs> might not want to pay their second best player. What did so, you say? Uh, I don't really know what Dallas is doing. And you know what? Maybe that's a good thing because the team is in serious trouble of once again flaming out in the playoffs because their star players run into the ground by the time the playoffs come around. Sound familiar? Is there a player who that happened to for every single year he played for the Houston Rockets? Um, so why Dallas is in trouble is because of the small sliver I said at the end of that episode where I talked about the potential of Luca leaving Dallas when slash if nothing has changed around him. I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that Luca realizes that his style of play isn't conducive to winning a chip in today's NBA. I don't know if guys like that can have that thought because I feel like at that level of excellence, you can't really tell yourself that you're not enough, I think. But they're just there's just too many good teams in the NBA right now. The NBA is so team centered now. Like it's still superstar driven, but each superstar now has to have a essentially flawless supporting cast. Like you need to have excellent shooters and excellent defenders and excellent like everybody has to be top tier or else you're probably not winning a chip. Like it's not like in the old days where you can just have one guy carry you the whole way, right? So now maybe he loves Dallas. Maybe he loves it enough to stick around like Dirk, like Dirk did. And the Mavs have smartly kept Dirk close in the hopes that he can maybe make it a little easier for Luca to stay. But I'll tell you what, if I'm the Mavs, I'm, I'm worried. Even though they got him locked into a four year, I think he's got four years left, maybe three. Maybe there's an option in there. I'm not quite sure, but you got to be worried that he's got a wandering eye. And if he does, there's toast, man. They got nothing else cooking. They got nothing else going on around Luca. Zero. <laughs> Cardiac Kemba, gone. I think part of the problem is that Luca's style isn't really conducive to any teammates. Any I know. Teammates, like support, the right support. Like like he it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like he'd give you any space to really cook. You know what I mean? Like right, it just right. he, he kind of takes up all the air in the room. Yeah, I feel like there's a small handful of players that work really would work really well around him, you know. And mm. unfortunately, those guys are, you know, already tied up. I think Chris Middleton would probably be a good fit next to Luca. Guys like that, mm. guys who can go and get you 18 to 24 and not have a usage rating, you know. Not that Luca's usage rating should stay where it is. He's got the highest usage rating in the league, obviously. And yeah. it's it's honestly it's the exact same as Harden, just like he needs to do a little bit less so his team can do a little bit more. But, and this is what I talked about on that episode, his team can't do more because you can't get him more because no one wants to play with him while he's doing the most. Mm-hmm. Chicken and egg, rock in a hard place. I don't know what you call it. Mark Cuban, press the panic button. Do it. I have a team, though. Okay. I, I have some honorable mentions. Okay. These ones might land, or this one might land in one of your honorable mentions, but I, I was okay. going to say the, the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, they're not. They're not in my honorable mention. I think the expectations just became way too high 
after that that conference final appearance in, in was it twenty twenty one? Yeah, I agree. The, the conference has just gotten better around them. They haven't. I know in the off season, prior to the season starting, the you know I said that Dallas, Dallas didn't really improve while everyone else did, and I feel like Atlanta did the same. It felt like they did when they added Dejounte Murray, mm-hmm. but I think at this point we we've seen that it's just not it's not moving the needle. It's not working they enough. Flirted yet. with the idea. I just think they held on to John Collins. Oh my God! They should trade him years long. ago. <laughs> the market was there for him, and they just haven't they haven't moved him. At the crux of all of this, it's Trey Young. I think mm-hmm. they have to really ask themselves if Trey Young is the right franchise player for this organization. I think he's too much of a liability on the defensive end, and mm-hmm. his offense just it doesn't balance out that that gap that he leaves there on the defensive end. I think they have some great assets. Um, you know, they've got Boyan. Uh, you know, they have some room to maneuver before the mm-hmm. trade deadline. I think they can make some changes in the offseason if they want to reset. But I just think that they, they're they at a critical point right now where people are, I don't know if they're expecting to be a top-tier team in, in the East. For they're sure they're expecting that. that. And they yeah, won't. No. Yeah. They're not. They don't have the makeup for it. No, they're, they're. They don't even seem close. To be honest, I don't think it's even close. No. They're a middling no. team at best. But I think you have a player like Trey Young, who the, the league is sort of propped up as being a top tier right. player. Right. And so, if you have a top tier player, then you should be, technically speaking, or at least you know, historically speaking, you should be. Uh, at least knocking on the door of being a a good to great team, but I don't know. I just feel like they they just don't have any pieces. It's sort of similar to what you're talking about with Dallas. Now, I I mean, I think Trey Young and and Luka Doncic will always be sort of intertwined because of everything mm-hmm. that happened on draft night. But Luka has since really distanced himself from Trey Young. He is a much, like, far superior to to Trey Young. In almost every way. Almost every single way. Yeah. But I I think Trey Young has still been propped up as being a top-tier player regardless of that. So I'm just thinking, like, you know, Atlanta probably has an opportunity to get something for Trey Young if they were to consider moving forward. They absolutely could get a ton for him or one other disgruntled player. Like, I don't know, would Cat for Trey Young work? Probably makes both teams worse. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if either of those guys are really <laughs> needle movers, to be honest, but it's doing something to do something, I guess. Yeah, Atlanta Hawks. Push the panic button. Yeah, my honorable mentions, by the way, Toronto Raptors got to do something. Portland Trailblazers, just trade Dame already, you cowards. And uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously. <laughs> just trade Cat already, you cowards. So you sort of floated past the Raptors. You just said, do something. Because I don't uh, know what they're supposed to do, man. I don't know what they are. Nobody <laughs> knows what they are. They don't even know what they are. <laughs> it's it's so true. I think Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri... I think over the years they've developed a really good reputation for making mm-hmm. savvy moves. Just 
I think what they've been able to do with the Raptors organization, you know, great team develop player development, fantastic mm-hmm. team culture, incredible. Um, sort of position themselves as being a a San Antonio esque organization. Yep. The thing is that they're not beyond reproach. You know, no, certainly not. They can still make mistakes, and I think that's the thing. I think they've just made some some pretty critical yeah. mistakes in the last few years. They took a shot at trying something different. I think like mm-hmm. Vision Six Nine was interesting. It very much could still work, could have worked, didn't work, whatever you want to say. But ultimately, mm-hmm. they just don't have enough, right? And it comes down to depth almost all the time. And unfortunately, the style of play that the Raptors you know, put out there is like really, it's really hard basketball. Like it looks difficult when they play basketball and it shouldn't, you know, like it doesn't look like they should be, you know, as banged up as they are all the time. And like, you know, the guys on that team are hurt all the time because of how hard it is to play in that system. And Mm -hmm. when you don't trust the guys on the bench to play as hard as your starters do, then your bench doesn't play and your starters got to play 40 minutes a game. Then you're in the same place that you were last year. Right. You know, Otto Porter, I think, was supposed to provide a little bit of something there. He's gone for the year now. I think he played six games, if that. Always injured. injured. Yeah, but like, yeah, they just, they got to do something because it's obviously not right enough. So what that is, I don't know. But I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it isn't. It's not trading Pascal Siakam. Mm, Why not? Because he's like I said uh, in previous uh, episodes, top, I think, you know, 10 to 15 guy. And those are the guys you're trying to get, right? You're not trying to give those guys away. If you're going to trade Pascal, then you trade everybody. And I don't think they're in the position to trade everybody. They're good. They're better than that. They're not good enough to win. They're not bad enough to tank. So you can't trade your best player because then what? You're stuck in the middle again? Slightly worse? Realistically, they have three options. Well, I mean, for you, they have two options, right? So if you move, if you take Pascal off the table, mm-hmm. you're left with OG Ananobi, and you got Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, uh, and maybe you have and Gary. I don't know. Maybe you have Gary Trent, Gary Trent yeah. Jr. He's uh, the most likely to go. Him and probably like some kind of Chris Boucher and some other salary matching piece. But I think OG is your most valuable asset at this point. Of course, it's another reason you don't your, trade him. Meaning, meaning the Raptors. Yeah, you don't trade a yeah. guy like OG. Like, again, same thing as Pascal. He's not at the same level as Pascal, but OG is a team or is a player that every team in the league wants. So why would you why would you get rid of him? Why would you get rid of him? You are a team in the league. You want him. It's on a team-friendly deal. He is in the conversation for defense player of the year. I don't know. Unless again, unless you're bl- unless you're blowing it up completely, then you don't trade Pascal. Mm-hmm. And, you don't, and I don't think you trade OG either. The rest of the guys can go. So basically, it's Pascal, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and Scotty, Scotty, Scotty Barnes as your as your core. And then everyone outside of that, I think you can probably. But is that enough? That's the problem. Is that enough? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, here's the rub, though. Here's the other thing, though. The Raptors have all their picks. All of them. Everybody That's in the team true. has, everybody in the league has none of their picks, it seems. So, you know, <laughs> attaching however many picks you want to attach to a guy like Fred or a guy like Gary, you're going to get a good return because those guys are still, yeah. Gary's 23. Fred, unrestricted free agent. Yes, he's an all star. He's having a down year. 
that's the reason maybe you don't trade Fred. It's probably the lowest value he's had since he was a bench player. All right. Well, hey, push the panic button. Take our advice, and let's uh, let's let's move on to the next phase of this. And speaking of that, let's move on to the next phase of this podcast. But let's first take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we are going to dive into the POP, the Pantheon. Whether Steven, you go, Sean, like it or not. Ha! Uh, we'll be right back with more ILO. <laughs> and we are back. I'm Mike Amechi, and I'm here with Mitch Orsadi. Uh, here at the House of High and Low, we try to be as self-aware as possible. We know who we are. We, we know what we do and why we do it, uh, for the most part. Uh, sometimes I think we fall into the category of uh, habitual line-stepper, just to quote <laughs> the legendary Charlie Murphy. Uh, we tend to telegraph our takes at times. We, we stumble into predictability but it happens it happens man basketball fans have their bias man we have our favorites the teams and players that uh, we or they ride for to the end Uh, but hey in turn our opinions tend to sway in a similar direction regardless of the questions at hand I try to be as as objective as possible on the show I try not to wear my allegiances on my sleeve like a bad tattoo uh, and I know some of the some of the mandem try to do the same, <laughs> but this is why we need the pantheon of pretentiousness, POP, our vault in which we can leave those predictable opinions and, and takes and make a real attempt to see the other side. So on this episode, in this segment, Mitch and I are submitting the first choices for the pantheon. It's a it's a shame that uh, Sean, Stephen, and Hugo aren't here to chime in. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this oh, won't affect them at all. It, <laughs> oh, it'll definitely affect them. Oh, uh, whoops. Oh, yep, well. sure will. <laughs> uh, you got to be on the pod to have an opinion. Uh, hey, because this will matter. Uh, so submissions to the POP, the uh, Pantheon of Pretentiousness, pretentiousness uh, it, it can be, it can be a player, a team, an opinion, a mention, uh, you know, got caveats, right? Because again, it's it's the NBA. Things ebb and flow. You know, these are things that we, you know, we're just tired of hearing, uh, and we will honor that with a, with a place in the pantheon where it can sit and collect dust for the rest of eternity. If it's uh, inducted uh, and mentioned <laughs> in the, the rest show, of eternity. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> but once it's officially inducted. If the thing, whatever it is, is mentioned on the show in the future, it will be censored or completely Ooh. edited out. Okay, we got to stick to the canon. Got to stick to it. Uh, so this is this is a serious matter. We're, we're doing this for the high and low lives of the world. Well, we'll start with three each today. Yeah, Mitch, want to start this off? Yeah, I would love to. Um, firstly. If I'm calling this the POP, the Pantheon of Pretentious, I'm pronouncing it the Pantheon of Pretentiousness. I feel like that is the way to pronounce pretentiousness if you're trying to be pretentious. Um, 
Mm, there you go. Pretentiousness. Pretentiousness. How fortunate <laughs> that I'm not joined by my fellow high and low crew for this episode. I just want to say that again. This is lovely. What a treat for me. I don't have to hear Steven <laughs> saying no more Raptors, no Pascal talk. I don't got to hear you go talking about <laughs> Oklahoma City's tanking all the time or Sean's hateful grudge or of Russell Westbrook or refs. I don't got to hear any of that mess. Or women or women oh, or well, like female I don't, basketball players. You know, I'm not, I will never go there. Maybe that should Ooh. be the first, maybe that should be the first entry into the Pantheon actually. No, not talking about women. Is that a thing? Um, anyways, uh, exactly. you're the, you're the wild card in this cause I don't know what you're going to come up with, but um, my, <laughs> My first ballot entry into the high and low pantheon of pretentiousness are absolutely the Los Angeles Lakers. Steven, Oof. I'm coming for your neck. All right. But, <laughs> but, 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 I do, I do have a caveat, of course. Okay. Cause I think it's fair to any team to uphold, you know, natural and normal discourse, but the Lakers are not natural and not normal. So, I say no talking about the Los Angeles Lakers without censorship while they are a below 500 team. Okay. Mm. I can already hear Steven talking about how we talk about the Raptors. Raptors are below 500, but you know what? The Raptors, according to him and many like him, aren't supposed to be a good team. So that's fine. We can talk about them. The Lakers, on the other hand, are supposed to be this perennial top tier team, no matter what. And we talk about them. I say we, the media, everybody. Oh my God. Lakers never ends. Even us. So, if that's the case, Stephen, if you're listening, you should be thanking me for my lenience here and not imposing stricter caveats like top four in the West or something like that. But I will settle wow. for above 500 ball before we talk about the Lakers again. That just seems fair. Wow. That's generous, I have to say. I agree. I agree. I agree. I could have been hmm. way... That's what I mean. I'm not, I'm not out here trying to hurt anybody when they're not on the pod with me. Soft jab. Body blows. You know? A little jab here. A little jab there. Uh, kidneys man take off the gloves and just just chop them in the neck hit that out of <laughs> you ever seen the movie falling down i'll save it for when i yes what's, what's that guy's name forget his name all the time oh my god he's in so many goddamn movies he's a dad of some many actors anyways it'll come to me falling down like that guy i'll go i'll go over the edge one day something will trip me and that'll be it then i'll come for the neck yeah man you gotta be like uh, patrick swayze in roadhouse this rip a man's throat right out of his. <laughs> That's a good one too. Oh, Mike, man. Michael, Michael Douglas, by the way, is who I was. Michael trying to think of. Douglas, a generic ass name. Okay, so Lakers, <laughs> Lakers, the whole damn team below five hundred. No mentions. Woof. No. Okay, That's a, that, hey, hey, that that's a controversial one. I, I, I mean, we'll see. Sometimes Stephen surprises me, so. We'll see. We'll see how this one flies with him. All right. Um, not that it matters. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter. <laughs> Show up. Doesn't matter. All right, you guys. What's next? I got another one. Actually, okay. hey, this one might affect Steven as well. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Damien Lillard Ooh. and his lack of accolades. Uh, that's the caveat. His lack of accolades. So Dame, Dame we could talk about Dame. You know, I mean, if Dame drops 70 in a game or something like that, oh, let's talk about Dame, right? But when we're talking about Dame as and sort of, you know, throwing in those jabs because he's only got that Mickey Mouse trophy, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's he's only been an all-star. He's never had, w, you know, 
the lack of accolades, we're done with it. There are other players to talk about at this point where, you know, more interesting players on better teams. So why waste the airtime? You know, we get it. He's not everyone's cup of tea. Let's move on. Uh, the Blazers are a bad team. They're under 500. Chauncey Billups is not making a difference. Anthony Simons is no CJ McCollum. And even when CJ was he, was in Portland. <laughs> oh, different. They don't seem to have a long-term strategy that would change anything in a significant way. I mean, I like Shaden Sharp and, you know, Gary Payton the second. Maybe, yeah. maybe he does something interesting. I don't know. Yeah. But it's not enough. Let's move on. Let's move on. You know, again, if if Dame drops seventy, I'm I'm gonna talk about him. I just feel like beyond that, let's put him in the POP and let's let him stay there forever. Or at least let let's let that talk of Dame and his lack of accolades stay there forever. Man, okay, can I go to my next one? Because we're yeah, we're aligned. Definitely. My next one was also Dame. Um and I was gonna throw him in here because last week I don't think it really hit me until last week. I was like, man, I don't care at all about this guy. Not even one bit. Exactly. I don't want to talk about, I don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> like it finally solidified for me, but I, I have a caveat too. I have a caveat too. It's not, it's not the awards. Cause I agree. I think we beat that into the ground, but I'm cool to talk about Dame again. If one of two things happens, he, he make, finally makes it past the conference finals. Unlikely. Uh, or and or he uh, wins a scoring title because all he ever does is shoot the ball and score lots of points. So win a damn scoring title already, and then we can talk about you. Dame is thirty three. He's older than everybody thinks. I think. Yeah, because he came in. He he did four years in college. He or, did four I, years. So he came into the league. Yeah, fully old baked. already. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. I don't think he's winning a scoring title anytime soon. I think uh, he's. I think he is uh, doing everything he can. Twenty-seven a game. I think you yeah. mentioned that last week. He's it still was actually cu- quite surprising that he's he's dropped. He, Twenty-seven a game is. It, he's in the ballpark of scoring title, man. He's still he's in the mix. Guys are averaging thirty now, which is nuts. Like so many of them, but you know, if this is, I don't know, man. If this is ten years ago, that's a scoring title. You know, like. It's not a scoring title today, but he's in the mix still. He could win one. Enough for you, Dame. Enough for you. All right. Back to backs on Dame. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. Let Let me drop my next one here. Okay. It's Russell Westbrook. But there's a caveat here. It's not just Russell Westbrook. I, I think Russ is still an important piece of of a team that could that could do some things. Again, it's kind of tied to to your other to hey, your first choice. Hey, hold on, the Lakers. Being when does above 500. Yeah, When does the POP start? Are we talking about the Are we talking about the Lakers? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I think we're talking about the Lakers right now. Oh, but I'm, I'm going to quickly shift. It, it doesn't start right now, oh, so okay. I can, so we're still in safe territory right here. So, so Russ, maybe I could say he just plays for a team. There that, you go. Uh, is is an <laughs> unknown purple and gold team? Uh, unknown purple and gold team in Southern California. Uh, but hey, you know what? It's actually similar to Dame. Like 
know, we, we've kind of beat this one into the ground. We get it. You know, at this point, uh, you know, Russ is Russ. He's not changing mm-hmm. at this point of his career. Uh, the fact that he even agreed to come off the bench for Darvin Ham is miraculous. And even within that, I think that shows considerable growth. Huge. And like maybe one of the smartest decision, decisions of his whole career. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are things that I don't think his comps would have done. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think Russ was compared to Allen Iverson and Carmelo Anthony. Yep. And I think Carmelo did it too late. Yeah. Allen Iverson never did it. Yeah, never all. at all. Exactly. You know. Uh, so the fact that he has even, the fact he's done it, it's like, well, okay, this says a lot about it. And like, character. occasionally excelling. Yeah. I've been very impressed with his demeanor and his poise, even in this run that the, that the, you know, that team in Purple <laughs> Gold had, uh, you know, they're showing the, the, some of the, the locker room footage and, you know, the celebration and all, even the post game that you hear from, from Russ, he's taking a very mature stance on basketball in, in general. You know, like he just seems, he seems to come across as being an elder statesman at this point. You know, I think he's kind of past that whole childish stage or phase of his career where he was just like, oh, it's me against the media. I'm not going to say too much or I'm just going to. Right. So I don't know. The incessant jabs that Russ are almost, I don't know. Those, I think those were almost Russ-like, especially Mm. the ones on this pod, you know, where it's just like, you know, kind of enough already. Stop shooting. Okay, so stop with the rush. Stop with the jabs. Uh, And it's like, you know, we're just kind of going back to that same wheelhouse, but like the wheels falling off. You know, there are more interesting things to discuss. Right. Let's let Russ live. So what's the Um, what's the P.O.P. here? Is it Russ entirely or Russ bashing or what are we talking about here? It's the Russ bashing. I think I think we can move past that. And just like really talk about some of the more positive things that he brings to the table, um, if if at all. Sorry, uh, Sean. And, I mean, I mean, I think that that's really tied to the other, uh, the earlier submission. If the Lakers are above five hundred, then let's talk about Russ in a positive way. If he's adding, if he's contributing in a positive way. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Sorry, oh I Sean. like this. This is nice. I think we're building a better community here. <laughs> <laughs> no no Lakers, no Russ hate, Dame's gone. So far, so good. All right, guys, what's next? Okay, well, my last one is neither a player nor a team. And someone we don't talk about a ton, but any amount of talking about them is too much in my books. And maybe I'm guilty of talking about them myself. But I never want to talk about or hear talk of James Dolan ever again. Never again. <laughs> you guys going to be hurt. <laughs> well, I had to hurt. I had to hurt each one person. You know, one. Well, yeah. I guess I didn't really go for Sean. But anyways, um, you know, by all by all accounts, James Dolan is a world-class scumbag who keeps the Knicks mired in mediocrity and oftentimes worse than that. He treats his staff poorly, is awful to select patrons at his stadium, 
and uh, is part of one of the worst bands of all time. So bad I won't mention any more about them. Uh, if you care to look it up, uh, bless you. It sucks. Uh, it's just a, a rich man uh, playing with himself, essentially. Um, <laughs> and I just, I don't feel like I want to waste another single second talking about this guy. And sadly, that kind of means that I can't talk a ton about the Knicks because he's so much the Knicks. And that's the saddest part. I feel like when the Knicks were good, it was exciting to talk about the Knicks, but it's what, God, 25 years more. I don't know. <laughs> like I, I want to talk about the Knicks because it makes, it makes NBA more interesting when teams like the Knicks and ugh, the Lakers and like the big market teams are playing well. Cause then we are talking about them for a reason, as opposed to just talking about them because they bring in the most money. First of all, Shout out to you for making mention of his band. Sucks. Uh, JD and the Straight Shots. Oh, God. Don't even <laughs> say it, that. It makes or, me sick just or, to hear the name. That's the name. Yeah, it's terrible. Sorry, J, JD and the Straight Shot. Oh, yeah. Not even shot. Straight Shots. Yeah. Shots implies that there's shot. more than one person on the planet. Shot. Just him. So, so gross. Oh, he sucks. That's disgusting. Yeah. God. It's disgusting. And what's sad Ugh. is I feel so bad for all of the extreme extremely talented uh, studio musicians that he brings along to this band who have to suffer through his incessant warbling, poor warbling on the guitar. Well, I mean, I suppose they're getting compensated extremely well, so I shouldn't feel too bad, but they're trash. He's trash. Yuck. Enough. Uh, James Dolan also owns AMC, AMC Networks. I did not know that. Ugh, the, same, the same AMC that brought us uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm not banning well, AMC. Walking can't Dead. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. Okay. Just, just want to put that out there. He, like, he currently is the interim executive chairman of uh, AMC. Um, Gross. Yeah, I'm sure he controls a oh, bunch of stuff that I consume regularly. Oh, yeah. It's the billionaire way. Mind you, terrible CEO. I mean, oh. He publicly said that he just doesn't know how AMC is going to be able to monetize. Like he said this. <laughs> That's your job, said, bro. It's like, <laughs> Figure it out. Exactly. Yeah, but it's not his first terrible decision. Look at the stuff way back with, with Isaiah. All that oh. all that stuff happened. Then he hired him again to run the Mystics. <laughs> the, like the man had a sexual harassment claim against a woman in the organization what does this idiot do ah let's just just put him in charge of our women's basketball team what the what the hell man Terrible. how dumb Terrible. do you have to be hey i'm all for it uh jd in a straight shot james dolan uh, to the pantheon to the pantheon i hate putting him in anything called a pantheon i guess of pretentiousness <laughs> helps when you add of pretentiousness it really he should be like he that look James Dolan is the chairman of the POP. It's the only <laughs> position that he is truly qualified for. All right, you guys, what's next? What's, so, your, what's your third? Do you have a third? I do have a third, actually. Kobe Bryant. <gasps> oh, no. Being outside, so gonna affect- <laughs> being outside of the top ten. This one's going to affect me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Everyone has their own opinion. Top 10 of all time. It's a list of players selected based on opinion. 
Okay. Especially when it's you true. get to six. Okay. So one person's eight could be another person's 13 and that won't change. You know, the line in the sand between those who truly appreciate Kobe's contributions to the game and those who don't, it's a hard line and no one has any intention of crossing over the topic of Kobe. <laughs> it, it feels like politics. You stand on one side or the other, and you will never be swayed. Even though there are moments where people are swayed on this podcast, but it seems like the Kobe as, hey, thirteenth best of all time is still pretty good. Nah, it's pretty good. It's I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, it's cool. If you stand against him, your opinion is for the pantheon and forever. Oh, hold on. Firstly, right. no one's no one's standing against. <laughs> To Sean's uh, point, 13 is still very good. That's excellent. Oh, I hear it. No. Okay, but hold on. Let me ask you this. what Are you allowed to talk about him within the top 10? But sure. nobody's allowed to talk about him with, outside of the top 10? That's a mess. If, I don't like I don't If like I want to hear, if, 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 it's a, if we're talking about Kobe outside the top 10, honestly, listen, if we talk about the top 10 and Kobe's not even mentioned, that's fine, right? But then when we start getting into, hey, Kobe's 13, you know, like, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge to, to Ike and, and Stephen, you know, I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to hear it. I heard it. I, I know what you feel. I know I know how you feel. I know. I'm good. I saw a TikTok the other day. Someone, someone put Kobe at two and I wanted to throw up <laughs> for, po- for posterity's sake. I like Kobe. I, I'm a big Kobe fan. I just, okay. I just. You know, I'm not against him. I don't think he's bad. I just think that more and more great players are coming along and pushing him a little further out. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when I did my top 10 first, he was at 10-11, you know. And then Steph happens. Ugh, and now he's even further. And then we got to think about, like, man, where's KD going to finish? Where's Giannis going to finish? Where's Jokic going to finish? Like... I don't know, man. Whoa, relax with Jokic. Let's just. Oh, let's why, just see. why would I relax with Jokic? No titles. No titles. Back to back MVPs. Maybe back to titles. back to back. Maybe three, man. Hey, listen. If 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 uh, Stephen was here, he'd be talking about. He'd say no. Jokic. Finals. He'd MVPs. say no. Jokic. Finals MVPs. Well, yes, definitely. He would be saying no, Jokic, and I'm not on that boat. No, like, no. I, I, silliness. It's one of the best players. I in the hear. League. Yeah, I I know I know what Jokic can do, and I put him, I put him in the top three in the league. Sure, but all time he's got. Oh, win he's a no, yeah, he's nowhere close yet. I agree with he's that. Win a chip. But he's like, he's I don't, I don't even know what is he twenty five. Oh, he's twenty seven. He's twenty seven. But still young. We'll just he's wait until young. we'll wait until Dallas really waits too long, and then Luca wants out. And then Denver trades Jamal Murray and every pick they have until 2035. <laughs> and then we get to see Luka and Jokic together at last. Why the f- I can't shoot three-point shots? This brings us to the end of this episode of High and Low. So thank you, Mitch. Sir Mitch of House Sorsati. My pleasure. Hey, man. Anytime, man. You know? Even when we do these uh, one-on-ones. It's nice. I love nice, it, man. It's like it. It feels like uh, it feels very relaxed. You know, almost like <laughs> almost like you're lying. Almost down. Almost like I'm lying down. Eh? Yeah, almost. <laughs> almost like that. 
uh high and low life's everywhere uh subscribe to the high and low podcast anywhere you find podcasts uh actually you're probably already subscribed so tell your friends to subscribe to high and low yeah where you find podcasts and do that part of your weekly routine yeah and do us that favor because honestly it, it makes things easier leave a review because that also makes it easier for people to find us um speaking of finding us you know where to find us we're on instagram tiktok twitter youtube uh, those links are all in the show notes. So, so Mitch, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me um, on Twitter at Thirsty Villain, and you can find me over at Raptors HQ, talking about Raptors the Raptors, as I love talking to do. <laughs> Going to talk about how they should pivot? <sighs> something. Just do something, please. <laughs> get me, yeah. get me out of this muck. These are dark days. No, they're not, man. This is nothing. True Raptors heads, no dark days. This is not it. This is not it. Hey, I think right now people would rather have Damar and Kyle. Oh, buddy, I'm not talking about Damar and Kyle. I'm talking about, like, Vashon Leonard and, like... Oh, my god. I'm talking the darkest of days. Yeah, like when uh, Master P uh, <laughs> tried out and actually made that successfully. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Okay, so yeah, these are these are very bright days in comparison. So yes, I'll give you that. Once again, music is by Live of the Enjoy Music Group. That's the music you're listening to right now. You can find Live on Twitter and on Instagram at L Y V E. Additional music is by Sonny Rockwell of the Goodness. Can't find that guy anywhere. Promise you. Promise you. Uh, sound design is by Von August. This is a Von Abraham podcast. Just in case you didn't know. So on behalf of Mitch Orsati, Sir Mitch of House Orsati. I'm Ike Amechi. Thank you for listening to High and Low, and we'll talk to you next week. Cardiac Kemba. Cardiac Kemba.